All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, season two, episode six, You've Got Mail. This is 10 Things I Hate About You. If it's an intro, it's me talking, and I'm Scott Spinelli. Brian, you waiting on the other side, patiently as he always does. This week, as I said, You've Got Mail, 1998, American Rom-Com. I don't know why I specified American, maybe because I'm reading directly from Wikipedia and I don't know how to ad-lib on my own, but it is starring Tom Hanks and once more Meg Ryan. This movie, I mean, all I've got to say is, yo, <laughs> this, this movie, Brian, I mean, how are you? And let's get into it. I'm good, and yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to <laughs> chat about this one in particular. Man, I watched this, and I think before it was even over, I texted you or G-chatted you, and I was like, I cannot wait yep. to do this one, because this movie is bonkers in so many ways, and, and, and we'll get into it every which way to Sunday coming up here in a second, but just to be clear, before I we get into it, I didn't even hate this movie necessarily. It wasn't like, sometimes the fun on this pod for me is really getting to rip into a terrible movie like uh what was mm-hmm. the, uh, drive me crazy or drive you crazy or whatever the the adrian grenier yep. that one yeah last last season that movie was so bad it was really just fun to just rip into it right this is not that this is the weird case of like it's actually not a bad movie but it's it's just bananas in so many ways and i i i i hope you had a similar feeling to it because i yeah I, well yeah. it's well, I actually want to ask you, uh, had you seen this before? So or? I was aware yeah. of this movie, and it w- it r- it was ve- vaguely familiar. Like, for instance, the scene uh-huh. where I had I, like the scene where Dave Chappelle walks up the steps and um, uh, you know, looks into the, the the coffee shop or whatever it is to see if Meg who Meg Ryan is, who the date is when they're first yes. going to meet. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a very familiar scene to me. Like, I had I, I knew that scene. Obviously, gotcha. I was familiar um, with uh, with. The, the concept of the movie and that the movie existed. Had I seen it in its entirety, perhaps, but not enough to, this felt like a first viewing, basically. Right, gotcha. How about you? Um, had yeah, you seen so it this is, yeah, I had seen this prior, like probably more than once I had seen this. You know, I don't know, I can't remember if I saw this back when it like first came out. But yeah, I, I had definitely seen this before, um, but it's been a while since I had seen it front to back. Um, I think what's kind of funny about this rewatch is that I feel like like um, the parody types of these movies is more in my brain than this movie. Absolutely. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of the scenes felt like almost like parodies of the parodies at this point. Oh, for sure. And so. t- to that point, I, there were a number of scenes that when they popped up in this movie, I was like, oh, that's what that movie was making fun of. Or yes. that's what uh-huh. that show was making fun of. Because I, I it, the, like as an example, you and I have talked about the show, um, The Other Ones or The Other One. Is it The, the Other Two? The Other Two. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even doing that on purpose. I actually, the Other Two. Yeah, I guess The Other One Plus One. Uh, which is a very good show, uh, by the by. But at any rate, there is a scene in that show uh, where she waits in the park for someone to show up. And I didn't understand what that reference was at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And, and, and I was like, oh, that, that's what this is referencing. And they do that a lot in a ton of movies. And so it just oh, makes, yeah. they, I was just, again, there's a number of those things where if you're in my position where you're familiar with this movie, but you hadn't seen it in a long time or just had never seen it in full, now you're right. like, okay, there, there's a number where you go, okay, I, I think I really get uh, where right. this is so coming yeah, like, um, like even shows like um, like Happy Endings, you know? Oh, like yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they parody like tropes from this movie all the time too yeah yeah. absolutely yeah the um yeah i mean this is i'm just really excited let's flip a coin and get started my man yeah yeah so you usually go with your tail so yes i do yeah 
Although, at the, although for, for this one, I almost feel like we should just assign ourselves to <laughs> likes or dislikes. But that's true. Um, yeah, but hey, that, like we like we said last season, rules is rules, dog. I mean, we you know we yeah, rules are rules. Yeah, what do we got? Uh, so it came up tails. All right. Well, uh, this time I'm not giving it to you. I'm taking the dislikes. One hundred. Yeah. That's uh, a- <laughs> I I would have picked it. I would have picked the same one anyway. So <laughs> you would have taken the likes or the dislikes. No, I would have given you the dislikes. Oh, thank you. Then, yeah, yeah. I would have taken the dislikes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am so tuned up for this. Now, it could be the coffee or it could be the movie. I'm not sure. But when we come back, Brian and I are going to go get a quick bite to eat. And when we come back, we will do 10 things we like and don't like about You've Got Mail. All right, so Brian, uh, you mentioned that you'd seen this before. We've had some funny uh, answers to this when I've asked you this in the past. Did you see this in the theater? Uh, no, no, I don't believe I did. Okay, because yeah. I was going to have to send help to your house if the answer was again. No, no, no I saw this one for my 10th birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what movie was that last season that you were, you went with all your friends to go see, and it was like a real bust of a movie, right? It was, oh, man. Do you remember this? It was an uh, October yeah, well, release, right? Your birthday's in October, right? I think it was Drive Me Crazy. Oh my God! Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think I think that movie I did go see in theaters. Yeah. I mean, this our podcast is proving that no one listens to our podcast less than us two. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> we can't even remember what we say episode to episode, let alone a season ago. Um, yep. But okay, all right, let's let's get right into it. We're gonna have a lot of meat on this bone once we start doing it. Here, give me a like. What do we got? Sure. So uh, one of the likes. Uh, about this uh, rewatch at least was um and this actually kind of ties with uh with our uh with harry met sally rewatch is that um that i think something that Nora efron does really well uh and i'm sure we're gonna go into the actual like plot mechanics of this movie but the the there's like an emotional truth that i think she does really well that's fair um, yeah. where yeah where like despite so, you know some of the character actions or their decision making which is very questionable in this movie um <laughs> at the core of it like the 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 emotional core of it i think works for me and i think that's might be why like kind of what you said it's like this isn't a bad movie per se and like you can't really hate it because there's like these moments where like you're really rooting for the characters and stuff like that so i think the emotionalness of like like that's what I think Nora Ephron does really well here. For sure. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So like, so for example, like there's like, there's like really two things that re- kind of um, I, I just want to point out really quickly. So the one is at the very beginning where like, like they like she sets up like that. They almost have to kind of go sneaking around to go to send each other emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I really like, like that really spoke to me. Cause I think that's kind of like what it was kind of like back then. For sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and that yeah. translates uh, throughout time, whether or not it's email or whatever. Yes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think th- they reference this all uh, like throughout the whole movie, but it kind of reminds me of that whole Pride and Prejudice thing, right? Where you like sneak off and like write a letter or like you know you you have these like secret correspondence. Um, and then the other one, which I I uh, also again kind of connected with, was like the idea that when you're speaking to somebody online or or via or via text, that like online detachment almost allows you to be more open with that person mm-hmm. so you form mm-hmm. this bond that you that you otherwise might not have been able to if you were face to face so again just like there's an emotional truth to, to i think this movie that that i think 
kind of holds it together, um, you know, despite <laughs> some of the things around it. <laughs> well, okay. So let me, let's, okay. I had a couple, I was going to go in a different direction but for my first dislike, but I'm going to tie my first uh, dislike to what you just said, which is that yeah. I don't think this is a rom-com. Uh, it's mm. it's neither comedic nor romantic, right? Like it's mm. it really isn't. It's a good movie, but it's a good movie. I think based on the emotional core of it, because of the family stuff, because of the 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 connection that they have. They seem to have more of a connection, frankly, as friends. Because it's hard for me to think of this as a romantic movie when it only is romantic in the final like ten minutes, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, it, they, it, they rush through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a. I'll get into that later, but like. It's really not that romantic up until the final 10 minutes of the movie. And it's a two-hour movie, uh. right? And it's also not that funny. And I don't even think, like, it's like, that's my opinion. There aren't even a lot of jokes that fall flat. It's just not that funny. Like, it's there are some no, yeah. jokes, but it's not played for humor, right? No. No, there, yeah. I Yeah, I, I actually, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, like, I think it's very, like, loosely a comedy, not even, yeah. Exactly. And I think that there are, like I said, there are moments... Uh, that are funny. There are moments that are romantic, but by and large, I feel like the last ten to fifteen minutes of this movie is its own movie that is a rom com, right? That has some of the, mm-hmm. the obvious tropes that they all have, where like they seem to meet up all the time, or they're walking and talking, or you know they're they're exploring the city together, or making silly jokes together, or you know all these kind of things. Those are rom commy things, uh, and, and you know the classic misunderstandings. Like that that's mm-hmm. the rom com element of it. The first you know ninety minutes of it. It's just a movie, but it does have a lot of emotional uh, truth to it, and I think that's what keeps it from being a bad movie. That's my yeah. That's my first dislike. Not sure this is a rom com. Yeah, that's actually yeah, that's a really good point. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I never I, really considered that. I yeah. have a full thesis paper coming out just on that. Uh, you can find that on my website uh, called thisisajoke.com. dot com. All right, uh, let's uh, let's go to a dislike. Or excuse me, like number two. Uh, my like number two is um the it's really simply the the power of tom hanks yeah uh is in full display in this movie so you know i feel like it's pretty unquestionable that his character's actions are deplorable (laughs) i I would agree with that yeah Mm -hmm. he is a awful person um but you end up still all the way through. Him, hold on. Think... All, all the way, all the way through too, right? Like, oh yeah, like oh, uh-huh. I, it why, gets worse. Yeah, I mean, he. That was the okay. I'm sorry, but I just one. How are we supposed to root for him at the end when he's just messing with her like that? Yeah, he messes with her for the longest time. He really kept then, it going, and she doesn't yeah. seem to mind at all at the end. I, no, no, at all. There wasn't even like I was hoping that there would be that like crying punch, like how could you do that to me? I love you type thing. But there yes. wasn't even that. She was just like thrilled it was him and was happy to be let let astray. He also, yeah. He also doesn't ever have to reckon with his previous behavior at all no. at any point. No, not I at mean, all. except for like except for like ten seconds when she tells him off and essentially gives it back to him. But he deserves it. So yeah, and and <laughs> and, and it, within the confines of the movie, even she's made to feel equally bad for saying two bad comebacks to him, as opposed to him ruining her life and family's work. Yep. You know, correct. Like, right. Yeah. Any... Sorry, yeah. I know, but but that but, does that's to your point that we still like him in spite of this. I'm sorry. Exactly. I just to, yeah. Like despite yeah, right. But I think that is exactly it. That despite all of these problems, that because he's played by Tom Hanks, yes. I think you yeah. still root for him. Um, I had this thought where. Because there's parts of this movie where I, uh, where I kind of almost, I had, I thought about uh, what women want, 
Oh my God. Um, Are you in my head right now? I was just, Oh my God. Go ahead, please. <laughs> well, this is why we do yeah. this podcast, right? <laughs> go ahead. Go please. Yes. But yeah, like I was thinking about it, like in the context of imagine if you swapped Mel Gibson, and Tom Hanks in these two movies. Yes. Yes. And just the, and like, and just the idea that like the, the character's actions are horrible, but because they're played by these actors that you like that the act your history with the actor also comes into it so let's even so go yeah. a, let's go even a step further right because mel gibson has a, a history outside of the acting world that people oh, of course yeah obviously right, exactly. find distasteful but let's just replace yeah. him with someone that just like a like i remember we mentioned some of the people that were considered for the harry role in when harry met Sally. like jeff bridges is one of them right like Mm-hmm. I don't think Jeff Bridges has. I'm, I'm sure that he, he did something wrong in the past, but like, let's just say, like Jeff Bridges as an example. If you swapped him, like, I just, it's still, it, it even if there wasn't a negative attachment outside of the world of film, Tom Hanks as an actor is just so lovable and powerful, yes, and charismatic. Right. You know, the, like you've said multiple times, the movie star blank. This is the power of the movie star. Yeah, yeah, and this is like this is the power of Tom Hanks, like. At, in full display where he's playing this horrible person yeah, and yet yeah, yeah. and yet that ending still like that ending still works for me yes <laughs> yeah he gives that goofy so, grin. he yeah, gives that goofy just... grin when he walks into the park yeah. and you're like oh all right yeah. okay and and like speaking of goofy grin so i do want to mention uh before we move on about uh something that <laughs> i think this this must be difficult for an actor. I, maybe it is. Maybe oh, it I know isn't. where you're going. But, I know where you're going. But do, oh, uh, if if you do, then oh my god, we should just shut down this this podcast. <laughs> I think I do. But go ahead, yeah. So so the, the idea of like so you're you're filming a scene where you're typing yes. and you're writing a message yes. Yes. and, and you have to say. convey that with your facial expressions of the 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 your inner monologue. You have to externalize that. Yep. And Tom Hanks is fantastic at that. <laughs> he is he is really good at it. I th- and I thought Meg Ryan overdid it, frankly. Um, yes, for when she does it, it it's cartoony. Yes, he but, something about the way yeah. he does it is way better. Yeah, and yeah. Th- I, I had that written down in my dislikes as just like their faces while they're typing emails. But that's part. It's both the like the charm of the movie, but also the problem with the movie that like there is so much. Um, it's so heavily dependent on them not being in the same room uh, that yes, you have to have a ton right. of these scenes where they're where they're doing this. And if they're just no one writes emails and emotes like that, but because it's a no, movie, you right. have to have them. And like you, you said, you have to. Yeah, and then the then there, it's a fine line between overacting or being like uh, cartoonishly funny. And I think Tom yeah. Hanks does that, uh, you know, spectacularly. Yeah. So yeah, Tom Hanks, phenomenal. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's a, he's a he's a he's a treat. I mean, I mean, the, I mean. Yes, absolutely yes. Okay, so, all right, let's see. I've got a whopper of one. Um, you know, that's it's the main one that everybody is thinking of when when it comes to this movie. Um, let let let's let's go to something else though. For um, okay, so the, here's one. Uh, the breakup of the two main characters' relationships is absurd. Ooh, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> Categorically absurd. Okay. First of all, th- okay, let's start with Meg Ryan and um, Greg Kinnear. <laughs> the the very idea that they think that we are that like when they go to each other, well, we're perfect for each other, but we should break up. I was I actually shouted at the movie, "No, you're not. 
You barely seemed into each other in this movie. What were you hiding all of your romance for off screen? They, they were they were so not well matched. It, it yep. was apparent to everyone. Like, yep. I, and the fact that they don't see that, also the way that it ends, that they go for a impromptu dinner after a movie, after a fight, but then agree that they don't belong together, and then this mm-hmm. uh, this relationship that had been apparently so serious that they were living together breaks up in moments, and then the yep. same thing happens with Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks and Parker Posey. Who Parker Posey, quite frankly, I mean, again, am I crazy? She seemed like a fairly likable character up until that moment. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't detestable, I, I would, I, is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put it this way. He seemed more detestable than her. And then their elevator closes. And after mm-hmm. one minute, uh, or after being uh, one scene of being on the elevator, she has a freak out that she's not going to have a, a Tic Tac. And he knows in that moment that they have to break up. I mean, are you yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it, I'm so glad you brought up the the, the double breakups. And yeah. I want you to, and I want your take on this. But I also will just say, just from a comedic standpoint, and again, this is what I mean about rom com. I was praying Tom Hanks would say this line. But when they're going around in the elevator, they're sitting there, mm-hmm. and they're going. Each one of them is saying what they would do when they, if they ever get off. The line that needed to be in this movie, and I'm not again, I'm not suggesting that I'm like a screenwriter, but just when you hear this line, I think you're going to agree with me. Like, yeah, no duh. This line should have been, Tom Hanks should have said. When it got to him, you know, we've only been in here for 10 minutes, right? Like, that should have been the Mm. line, right? Like, some sort of Mm. joke about how, are you guys crazy? We've been in here for 10 minutes. You're all freaking out. Like, that would have been such a punched-up joke after the solemn solemn responses they've all had about how they're going to change their lives. And then if he made some sort of wisecrack about, well, I'm actually just going to go get lunch because we've been in here. And yes, and you you set up that joke because everyone else freaks out when the elevator first stalls, and he's the one who's kind of like, what are you guys freaking out about? Like, just... Like you know, we'll just call the the fire department. I'll and it would have made sense yeah. with his character because he was happy-go-lucky yes. even when he was being evil. Frankly, yeah. so yes. like it, yeah. it, it, I, I just thought some version of that joke needed to be in there, and because it wasn't, I just that's a good that kind of goes back to my first dislike that like that's just an example where they had an opportunity to play it for laughs and they chose not to. They chose to yeah. play it very yeah. seriously and might I add, ridiculously. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, again, the the breakups the breakups are exactly I think what we kind of already mentioned about how this movie is prime for parody. Yeah, it almost like sets yeah. itself sets itself up for parody, where like th- like the, that that first breakup, especially the the Meg Ryan Greg Kinnear breakup, it was as if like like you might as well have put like just a title card on the screen, like almost like a silent film yes. title card. It was yes. like, they just, they need to break up. They like this, the screenplay just requires them to separate absolutely for, for the movie to continue. So we're just going to do it. <laughs> like, and like, we're yes. not even going to like, we're not even going to like put enough effort to figure out a, a good way for them to break up. They're just going to mutually agree to break up because yes. the movie requires it. I mean, like, like, but it, what doesn't make sense is, like, at least with the Greg Kinnear one, they had the opportunity to make it seem like he was going after, I forget that yes! actress, but the woman who plays oh, the TV oh, announcer. They, they, they almost go out of their way where it was almost as if, like, Greg Kinnear had it in his contract where he couldn't be, like, the bad guy. Yes. So then they had to, like, rejigger it where it was like, okay, well, he can't cheat on her. So then, what, how can we like? They almost had to like. It almost seemed like they had to reverse engineer that scene where, like, yeah. you know, they like she she can't come off 
you know, being awful. He can't come off being awful. Okay, how how do two people break up without either of them being awful? Well, I guess they just have an epiphany that they don't belong together. I, but it would, you know what? This would have been perfect as the same way that, like, uh, Sally broke up with Joe and when Harry met Sally in the sense where it just happens off camera and who cares? Yeah, like right. Because exactly. in the long run, you know what you're watching this movie for and the Greg Kinnear character is has a role in the film, right? But like it's 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 not important. To, they don't treat it with any importance throughout the film that their relationship right. is important. So it doesn't even matter how it happens. But then when you do give us, dedicate a scene to it and you treat it so ridiculously, that's what makes it stick out even more. It's, this well, is also like, and the other thing that stood out to me was like, they, they kind of made some pains, at least in the beginning of the movie to establish that like, like, I, like you said, like, they weren't like madly in love with each other. Like they barely even lived with each other. No, and exactly, so, exactly. so, so yeah, so it wasn't like they had like this like dedicated like they were like um attached to each other and like it would have like you had to establish some sort of big rift. Like no. it could have easily have been like, "Oh, I got a new job and I'm moving across the country." You know, like anything I just feel like there were fine. easier ways. Yeah, once he did <laughs> the thing where he wrote the column in support of her um store, that pretty much was the end of his utility as a character. You didn't need him any further. Yeah. Anymore. Or and, like, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, you work in Hollywood. Like, it could have just been easily like, oh, like, you know, uh, Universal offered me a bunch of money to move to L.A. and make a movie out of my column. So I have to move there. And that would have okay. even – that actually – I, I don't know how long you've been thinking about that idea, but that actually really would have worked because then that would have been more to the point of, like, everyone around her is being bought out by corp corporate America, big, Ooh, exactly. big money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there that you would go. have really yeah. worked with the screen. You know, we need to get in touch uh, <laughs> we, with whoever. We just, we just made ourselves screenwriters. Yeah, I think, I think officially <laughs> – this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to start writing stuff down. On one of these, maybe on the Patreon, we'll, we'll go into that weird, bizarro um, – uh, what was that idea we had for a version of the producers? And I'll leave it at that. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> that one. That one was maybe that's definitely you have to pay for uh, to hear that yep. idea. <laughs> that was a Looney Tunes idea. But at any rate, um, back to the matter at hand here. You're a hundred percent right um, that you know that should have been. Uh, th there was a number of ways to explain him leaving, and and more than that. If you wanted to make it bigger, like, they were barely even... Again, I know not every couple is like this, but, like, they didn't only... Really, I don't think they made physical contact with one another, you know? And, again, I, I don't need to see, like, a yeah. passionate love scene, but, like, holding hands, yeah. maybe kissing every so often when they when they enter and exit a room, you know? I mean, they, they didn't... They were, like, brother-sister. Both, both couples were barely intimate with one another at all. And, again, they don't need to be, but then it just... The, the, it was just incongruous the way they were treating... You didn't care about them for the first 80 minutes, but then you have these ridiculous breakup scenes that make no sense. Mm -hmm. It it didn't yeah. add up for me at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. Okay, uh <laughs> we are on like number 3. Yep. So, uh in in a weird way where like there's a lot of this movie which obviously feels really dated, but it's also like oddly prescient as well about the way the world eventually turned out. <laughs> Well, I don't know um, if I agree with that, but go ahead. Well, in some ways, like I think in the in I think what's kind of funny is that like like the the actual plot of the movie is like this big bookstore takes over the yeah, little bookstore. Yeah, that's gonna. You, you, yeah, you're but gonna then you and I both yeah. know yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. that the big bookstore is eventually going to die as well. That's you know, essentially yeah. Over, you're, we're gonna that's gonna lead perfectly into the next dislike. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's more just like I think the the 
I, I, the way that um, and less about the 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 capitalistic sort of comments, but it's more about like I think the way that the the internet and sort of how like human interaction has sort of gone. True, um, that's true. So, so I think it's like oddly prescient in 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 those ways. Um, and then about the capitalism aspect, I think some people, could, I think you can easily make an argument that this is a dislike of the movie. But at least for me personally, one of my likes of the movie was that it doesn't really care to comment about the capitalistic nature of what's happening, about like the big box score and the and the little store. Again, I know like I I could totally understand the side of like, well, like you know. Joe Fox essentially gets away with it. Like, you know, he ruins her life. He shuts down her, her store, like tramples all over mom's legacy. Um, and then like, doesn't ever have to reckon with it. And and well, I think that's hold on. fair. What do you mean they don't make a comment on, it? I think it's pretty clear who the bad guy is in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I agree. But I think like, I just feel like, in, like, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the, the current state of media where everything is about like, eat the rich and things like that. Sure. I mean, um, this is not an Adam McKay movie where it's like yes, very right. apparent what the, uh, what the, um, you didn't watch this and like get a sense for Nora Ephron's politics. No, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's what I kind of enjoyed about it, which is that ultimately it's about these two people. No, that's fair. And, that's and, fair. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's fair. about the emotions of it. It's not about like a commentary and, and essentially like, that's what I kind of appreciated about it. It, again, it's very quaint. It's a quaint notion. Um, but, that, that's what kind of appealed to me about it. So. All right. So because you're doing such a lovely job leading me into all of my different uh, categories oh, here. excellent. I'm going to bump up the one, the big one I had to this one, which is that, I, okay, so you were mentioning, you know, like some of the things in this movie didn't actually wind up coming true or how it, and you joked at the end of our last pod that like it is very possible, in fact, nearly likely that um, uh, you've got mail. Well, even though it's ten years older, about uh, it'll be more dated than uh, when Harry met Sally. And I am here to posit, uh, and I, I guess this is kind of a dislike, but it's more just a, like mm -hmm. a funny thought I had. And I guess my third dislike, which is, I'm not sure there is a more dated movie in film history. I have seen <laughs> Charlie Chaplin's silent films that play more today. <laughs> Than these this movie does. Okay, let's start from the top with that weird Sims like intro that they have. Okay, that's the first thing. Yes. The second thing is is that this is basically AOL the movie, right? I mean, they don't ever say AOL, but it is clearly America Online. Like it is America Online logos. It is the, I mean, the voice of America Online. It's all of that stuff. There's like multiple scenes where it's just the loading screen of yes, yeah, and that okay. to AOL, yeah, yeah, again, and then that leads me perfectly into the the, uh, the very notion of like like for instance, she's uh, at one point she's uh, when she gets caught, uh, she has to put the laptop away when she's hiding from Greg Kinnear that she's sending emails. The laptop mm -hmm. has to be Ethernetted into the wall, right? Like, yes. Imagine yeah. explaining that to someone <laughs> under a hundred, right? So that's that. Another thing is the idea that you had to connect to the internet, right? Like, yes. I, I, we remember that, and I'm sure most of the well, people connect through your phone line, yeah. Yes, like it was a toss-up whether or not you'd actually make it. it. Connecting to the internet was like a workout. You truly didn't know if you'd make yep. it to the end, and it was yep. unbelievable how I remember certain times where, like, I was desperately trying to get on to get on to aim to uh, see if this one girl from chemistry was on the chat list so I could wait 10 minutes, then work up the courage to chat to her and then hear the door close sound and she had left already. <laughs> but like that, um, that existence, that's like, again, completely foreign. Like 
if you explain yep. to a 15 year old the idea of like Netflix just isn't going to work sometimes, <laughs> like it's a toss up if Netflix mm -hmm. will even connect, that's dated. But at its core, what I wrote down as the most dated element of this is that everyone in this movie is doomed because it's the little bookstore is actually worse. It's yes. this movie is so dated, okay, that we've gotten to a point where, in fact, there are more small bookstores than big bookstores, I would venture, in a place like New York City at this point. Do you think that's fair? Ooh. Ooh, that's a really good question. Right? Yeah, like we've almost gone full circle yes. where now like the little tiny like, you know, niche bookstore is almost making a comeback. Exactly. And I and don't then, yeah, how, when yeah. was the last time you I mean there's I know there's a Barnes and Noble, I think there was, the one in Union Square, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that if, one's still there. And, yeah. and there might be let's just let's just be kind and say there's two more in New York City. Right? I, I don't think yeah. there's more than three in, in Manhattan. Yeah. If that's the but, case, there's definitely more than three small bookstores. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right? Like that's really yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> I mean, in 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 Hoboken and Jersey City alone, I know that there are multiple small bookstores and there are no big bookstores. Now, I know that in certain malls there's some big bookstores, but even those are not as popular. And I guess my general yeah. point, even the Amazon bookstores that are in malls are meant to look like small bookstores now. Right? Like yeah. So, like, it's just interesting to me that this movie is dated in – first, it's dated in premise. It's dated in its um, – in, in, like, it's good versus bad. It's dated in what they thought would happen. It's dated in who they thought would win, right? I mean, like, every element of it is yeah. completely kaput. And I just can't yeah. fathom another – I can't think of another story that that quickly became that outdated uh, in almost yeah. every single possible way. Uh, so that is my third dislike. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost, I honestly, like, I, I almost wrote this down into, like, I don't know which one I did this for last season where, like, I had a full, might have been Drive Me Crazy. Actually, it was Drive Me Crazy where I wrote down a full, um, like, speech to deliver, and I almost thought about doing this for this one, but yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's my third dislike. All right, fourth like, what do we got? Uh, next like is, uh, so I'm a total sucker for this, and, and here, let me admit that I actually used to live uh, down the street from the cafe, the cafe that uh, um, Tom Hanks first discovers that like he's been talking with uh, with Meg Ryan. So ca Cafe Lalo. Okay. So I used to actually live down the street from there. So <laughs> so uh, so I'm a little biased, but I love the use of the Upper West Side setting. I get No, I, I get think, that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they make it like, like Nora Ephron does such a good job of making New York just look so romantic and inviting. The, uh, it was movies and, like this that made me want to live in New York when I was a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, yeah same here. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I'm from Brooklyn. So like, and, you know, <laughs> for our younger listeners, it might seem a little odd, but like, you know, growing up, like living in the city was like, a unique thing like it was like kind of like you know the the target goal or whatever yeah, so it was now it's the now i feel yeah. like i would have lost the lottery to have to live in new york city but you know <laughs> yeah, right. it's amazing how that changes right like when yeah. we were 12 years old like i want to live well, speaking, in new york <laughs> well speaking of dated yeah there's a comment in the movie from um her her assistant uh bookkeeper where she's like what am i gonna do go live in brooklyn yes, and she says it yes. you know yeah, like like it's like a, a a jail sentence, you know. So I was thinking you should be so lucky, you know, to get yeah, to exactly. Brooklyn. 
<laughs> Which, by so, the way, quick, quick, a little side dislike. That place is going out of. They're, they're a small bookstore, and they have five people on staff. Get out of here! Well, well, come on, <laughs> dude. That is that is literally one of my dislikes that I wrote down. Get out of here! You, I, I wrote down you probably don't need three employees for a small bookstore. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. So, but yeah, um, you're right. It, but yeah, it is, yeah. Upper, the, yeah. Upper West Side setting. I just I love that they shoot on location. They shot on location. Um, hilarious. See enough. Some of those stores are still there. Like I'm like pretty sure that Starbucks is still there. Oh, cool. <laughs> the yeah, Starbucks yeah. that they visit. Nice. Um. So, so yeah. So just loved all that. Like it. Um. It looked like they actually filmed in the Lincoln Center, uh, Lincoln Square movie theater, which is still there. So it's like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I, I I just I eat that up as a as a as a born and raised New Yorker. Absolutely. Completely agree. All right. Um. Here's another dislike for me, and I'm realizing now I'm definitely going to have more than five. So apologies mm. to you and uh, the <laughs> listeners, but um, uh, but I will make the last ones quicker than the other ones. Uh, the Hanks family, the the Fox family, I should say, uh. or we can call them the uh, the the Barnes and Noble family, um, yes. the, are so comically evil. Like. <laughs> I just hate everything about their family. One, stop having kids. You're way too old. I mean, it's ridiculous. The fact that they make the grandfather have the kid. I, I did like the gag. Yes. I thought it was a the funny. The gag was pretty funny. The gag yeah. is funny, but they play it for jokes once. Again, not a comedy in the sense that you have a very funny concept that Tom Hanks has a, what was it, a 12-year, a 4-year-old brother and a 12-year-old like uh, aunt or something aunt. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's funny, And but they play it for a laugh one time. Like one yes. time, and that's it. Um, and there was definitely more jokes to be had there. But at, at, at any rate, the fact that his grandfather had a kid who's four years old, mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like he voted for Zachary Taylor. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> he, his grandfather is 150 years old, and he has a four-year-old yep. kid? Get out of here. Like, that yeah. didn't need to be the case. Like, that was a, that strained, it, strained uh, believability for me. And also, they were just so evil. They were like the, um, the two guys in uh, Trading Places. You know, like that, that yes, sort yeah, of dictate uh-huh. uh, the terms uh-huh. for the movie. Like that's that's what it felt like to me. It was like, but, but, but that was, again, done for comedic effect, how evil they were. Uh, like th- this was crazy. Like these book dealers are this evil, right? Yeah, I mean, the mustache twirling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I was waiting yeah. for one of they're, them to they're, tie they're someone essentially in the tracks. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're essentially like Montgomery Burns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing, too, just to go back to my third dislike. The very notion that this movie is, pr- is predicated on big booksellers are evil is crazy but so, like could you imagine that nowadays like uh, someone yeah. really taking a stand and the and the big bad book seller is going to be the 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 evil villain the person saying buy more books is going to be the yeah. villain anyway yeah again so, yeah. again it's it's another example of like this movie like is almost a parody of itself yes but even <laughs> in that time period that it's still yeah. been, like I get it that like the idea of big versus uh, small business, but it was like it just it almost would have made more sense if they were like he owned a chain of movie theaters. Like yep. it it uh, like if you were that he's still selling a lot of books and and, and she loves reading. Okay, whatever. I'm going too far afield here. Okay, uh, yeah. Is this fifth like for you? Yeah, fifth uh, final like. Okay, is, what do we got? Uh, and this ties and this again ties with um uh, when Harry met Sally. I I I really like this uh this reading of you know it seems to me according to Nora Ephron that at 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 the heart of it every writer or creative type 
just wants somebody to acknowledge their own work back at them. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh -huh. So for the second movie, sorry, so, so for the second movie exactly in a row, right. like yep. there's a whole scene where one of the characters who's a writer has their work quoted back to them and then they flip out about how it's so amazing that somebody's reading their work and that, that somebody <laughs> enjoys their the stuff that they're creating. So I just really like this this like it almost feels like Nora Ephron like almost speaking to the audience in a way where like through, like it, it's a surrogate character where she's just like yeah like that's at the core of it just everyone wants to be acknowledged for absolutely yeah. for their creative endeavors so and it's, I just, and I, it's I, also I thought true that was cute. too right because in a lot of these movies that we watch like one of the two main characters seems to always be a writer or wants to uh, yearns to be a writer or something to that effect right and like in the real world no one reads your stuff. No one knows and no one sees any of your stuff because most people don't get published, right? And so it is clearly like writers writing about writers is such a in yes. like inside baseball, so to speak, thing. Yep. That like just doesn't happen in the real world. Like it's yeah. just not it's just not how it goes. But yeah, no, you're yeah, right. And, and, yeah. and so the only way that it ever happens is through a, a movie. You yeah, know, like you have to write it, it into the movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, which is written by a writer about writing. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no real estate agents writing movies about being real estate agents. Like Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I agree with you. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do a couple quick hitters as my last uh, my last dislike, okay? Uh, first, yeah. uh, Greg Kinnear is, I mean, I understand the point of his, but he's so over the top as far as an unlikable person, it's it's crazy. Mm. Uh, the fact he that does he has, play it very well. Oh, my God. The fact that he has three typewriters in 1998, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that, like, and that he's afraid of solitaire taking over the country. Come on. Oh, yes. Chill, brother. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. So that was another one. Um, the... Um, uh, here's one. Why does Meg Ryan, who is the independent bookstore owner, shop at Star uh, or get her coffee at Starbucks? Yeah, it seems very uh, yeah. Like there's a there's a cognitive dissonance there. That doesn't make any sense, right? Um, the other another small one before I get to the big one for this is uh, the, when they're at that publisher's party where they first she finds out that mm -hmm. he is Joe Fox. Someone just brings out an uncut turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it is in the center of the frame. Yeah, and then she starts carving it like <laughs> in front of everyone, right? Like I, I've been to parties. No one brings out a full roast of any kind and says, "Here, uh, yeah, guests I, of the party, you carve this roast for us." I, uh, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it, it had been a while since I've seen this movie. Obviously, so it's so prominent. I thought that it was going to be a setup for a gag like in my head i was like is there a turkey gag that's about to happen Again, that I don't they remember? don't play it for humor yes yeah because it's so prominent like it's literally the center of the frame somebody brings out a turkey and yeah like you can't help but think oh this is Nora efron as a director setting up a visual gag or something but yeah, no, it's just somebody bringing out a turkey. Yes, in their and it yeah. makes you wonder, like, has Nora Ephron ever been to an event ever? This is not how <laughs> events go. I mean, like, again, for all the things that this is what's so confusing about this movie, right, at, at its core, is that it really makes a lot of emotional and real sense on so many levels. And then other things make no sense. Like, no sense, Like, yeah. why did there need to be a turkey there? And again, even if someone just brought the turkey and then you and I for our, you know, doofy little podcast joke, like, who brings out a whole turkey? 
That would be weird. The fact that it was give it was put in the scene and then Meg Ryan is the principal actor in the in the scene is interacting is with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you wanted us to notice it. And yeah. so then my final dislike would be the would be in terms of like what doesn't make sense is the scene where and I honestly thought I had fallen asleep and forgotten to, I had to rewind and miss something. Uh, was the scene where she is has a cold and Tom Hanks comes up to see her, right? Now, eventually mm -hmm. you you learn that he got the uh, her address from Steve Zahn's character mm -hmm. who he had yes. hired, which was crazy that he just gave her the address. As a side note. That's true. That's a good point. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> that he just gave it to her without any, uh, you know, without letting her know. That's weird. But beyond that, the fact that Meg Ryan is not at all either angry or annoyed or surprised or any reaction other than just sort of accepting of the fact that this guy randomly showed up at her home is crazy to me because the that is a big pivotal scene in the movie that it sort of yeah, turns that he wants to be her friend and be in her life and it sets up the notion that he is basically going to mess with her for the remainder of the movie <laughs> until he unveils that he is you know, NY152, which, by the way, does that ever get revealed as to why he's NY152? Oh, that's... Dude, like, we, we basically made the same list because yeah. <laughs> one of my dislikes is I wrote, did they ever pay off the 152? No, meeting? they didn't. And they, make, and they make so many jokes about it. And, oh, there's a whole... Yeah, there's a whole series of scenes where it's, like, that's the whole shtick is what does the 152 mean? Yes, yeah. and they don't pay that off. And then, but so nope. that that's the turning point in the movie where it almost becomes like, like I was joking in the beginning where that, that's, that rest of that movie is like a rom-com from that point forward because he has brought her flowers. But again, and I understand it's a movie, so it can't play out fully real. But in terms of like the emotional truth of this, how is this character not either angry or, uh, or surprised or furious yeah. that he just randomly shows up? This person who ruined her life, right? Like, what is he doing well, there? Yeah, I mean, the, the the second half of this movie has a lot of those scenes, I feel like. That, yeah, like, yeah, that, that occurs a lot, I, I feel like, where that, that scene where he goes to her apartment, again, like, I get it from, like, a, like, you have to sort of set it up so that the next thing can happen, but I agree, it's a little weird. And then same with when he finally sort of admits to her that, he's into her you know before he reveals that he's the one she's been emailing this whole time like when he admits to her that that he has feelings for her even that in a similar way felt a little like okay it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for you to admit that here yes knowing that you are gonna admit that you are uh ny152 you know in 35 seconds yes in movie time you yes. know so yeah, there, there yeah. was just a lot of it. Like, and again, I am not saying he shouldn't. There shouldn't be a scene where he shows up to her house. You need to have that scene. But why isn't she an, even slightly annoyed? Her main concern seems to be that she's sick and she doesn't want to yeah. have him up there because she doesn't like she's not like made up or she's not like her house is a mess. Like she's more concerned yeah. with cleaning her house than she is with the fact that this, frankly, relative stranger who ruined her yeah. life is now tucking her into bed. Right? Yeah, like, and like, and what? also. For, for, in, and also, up until that point, almost every single one of their interactions was antagonistic. Yes. 
Yeah, yes! like there's no there's there there's no build up to the hey, I want to be your friend. Yes, I would have been like, why do you want to be my friend? Yeah, what do you want to be my like, friend for? You put me out of business in so you record could, time. So you, you know, or like you want to you want to steal my apartment now too? Yeah, like exactly. yeah. he's actually a landlord. That's another thing too. This movie, uh, the, in the in the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, she goes out of business in like two and a half months, right? Like, right? Oh, I thought it was even less. Yeah, like yeah. I, I was like I was like oh. Like within a week of yes. that books are opening, like yeah, right, yeah. And again, I, I realize it has to happen relatively fast, but it, did, it that was another thing that, that was so fast how quickly they went out of business. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I yeah that was that really uh, annoyed me uh, with with the end of that movie. I'm trying to think if there did I have any likes that I oh I have one like, but do you have any dislikes before I get to it? Yeah, go give me some dislikes if you got any. Oh uh, well, actually, so I just uh, I'll mention one quick like, okay. which I'm sure we'll share this like um, that uh, that wasn't like one of my main likes. Um, I kind of miss uh, Dave Chappelle as a working actor. Yeah, um, I don't even think he was that good in this, career. but I just I I wish he did more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, just like you know the the just that notion that like there was a period in Dave Chappelle's life where he was a working actor. You know? Agreed. <laughs> so, and let me add to that. I one of my likes was going to be. I'm just curious if they're friends. Uh, Chappelle and Hanks like that would just be interesting oh in like to know. real life yeah oh yeah um, yeah I normally don't care about that kind of thing because I sort of you know you keep a distance between celebrities and reality that you know I don't it, right but like Chappelle is one of those dudes who I'm just I've always just been fascinated by and like you said who doesn't like Tom Hanks I'd just be curious right. to know if they're still if they were ever buddies or whatever but yeah, yeah. I agree with you yeah yeah um all right so I, you basically took all my dislikes uh, <laughs> uh, off my list anyway. Um, so the the two ones that you haven't covered yet. So I felt uh, like, th did you feel like the pacing of this movie was all over the place? Yes. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just slow, thought like- Slow, fast, from, slow, fast. Yeah, slow, fast. And then like, and then even just like the, the way things ramp up, like, I guess part of it is just my memory of the movie, but I, I had forgotten that it takes- a really long time before even Tom Hanks realizes that Ben Ryan is who he's been emailing with. Yes. And then the period of time, at least in, in, in movie runtime, where he's sort of toying with her is a lot shorter than I remember. Agreed. I thought I, like my memory of this movie was that the whole movie was him sort of toying with her, but yeah. Uh, so again, pacing felt a little off. Um, and then I won't go too deep into this because this is the most boring one, but, um, <laughs> and again, it's funny how like, this is kind of the theme where we're almost like, Oh, we could have done better. But <laughs> despite the fact that like, I, I had, I have 1% of 1% of the, the, the filmmaking knowledge that Nora, yeah, of course, does, but, of course, yeah. but, but I didn't love some of her filmmaking techniques, especially on the dialogue scenes when it's shot reverse shot, there was there was some moments where it almost seemed like the the two actors' eye lines weren't even meeting, like they weren't even like talking. It didn't even seem like they were talking at each other. They were almost like like Tom Hanks is like talking at the forty five degree angle on the shot, and then the reverse shot goes to Meg Ryan, and she's looking straight ahead like ninety degrees. And so, so it like, like they're, they're using they're, too much too many coverage shots, you know? That yeah, kind of yeah, like too much coverage shots. Yeah. So and and especially the back the back to back viewings of this and when Harry Matt Sally when Harry Matt Sally I think Rob Reiner one of the things he does the best is is the dialogue scenes where you have the conversation between the two characters, you get the shot reverse shot, and then sometimes he 
lingers on the reaction shot as the other characters talking so you get the okay this character is absorbing this information and 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 how are they feeling about it and in this movie yeah some of the reverse uh, the shot reverse shot stuff it just didn't work for me it it felt really clunky and and then it like and this is part of the problem about i think sometimes when you rewatch movies too much is this is the stuff that you end up picking up on where where you're kind of like okay now you're losing me losing me from the emotional core of the scene because all i can think about is all right like it almost looks like he's talking at the the shelf that's behind her (laughs) so (laughs) anyway so it's just something that i picked up on on this rewatch i thought of one more dislike uh that singing little that weird singing interlude that they had where oh yes i'm glad you mentioned that oh i I forgot to write this I forgot to write this down and I'm so glad that you that you brought this up. Yeah, I want to ask you because I'm from a immigrant family, so there's okay. no way that we would do this. But <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, is this just like a movie thing of like people gathering around the piano singing during the holiday times like <laughs> Okay, I can't speak for all families, but I will say this. And you've you've known me for a long time. Could you and you I don't think you've met you probably met my brothers or my yeah, sister, but, but like you've never most met, of you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like could you imagine my family <laughs> gathering around a musical instrument of any kind and singing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's absur- it, it's crazy and like yeah. yeah, like even even when like just the idea, okay, all right, let's hear. The the first one with Tom Hanks and his family made more sense because it was a little kid singing. Um, the second one where all it's only adults singing is positively crazy, right? Like yeah. that is that does not happen. I could imagine yeah. a scenario like I, I don't. I'm, my niece was when she was younger was involved in plays and things of that nature. So yeah. like, I, I could see like all right, let here practice for us, and then she does a version of whatever song she's gonna you know do for the play or whatever. Yeah. Like that at least makes sense. Uh, you know, b- you know, before your dad dies of old age. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get one more belt out. One more, uh, yeah. you know, the sun will come out tomorrow for us. But yeah, I, the, the the the. But also, it just didn't make any sense. There was no. Why was that in the movie? Even if it is a thing that everyone does, why? Yeah. Why was yeah, that? Yeah, and 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 you mentioned the two-hour runtime. Like, you, like you didn't you didn't need that in there. No. Like you could cut that out, no. and you know, like. A, the movie being 110 minutes versus 120 minutes, yes. like it wouldn't have made a difference. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to write that down. And yes, that also stood out to me. I was kind of like just because again, like <laughs> I because I because I, I had that same. I went through the same emotions as you did. I think where the first one, I kind of got it. Where okay, the kid is singing, and then you're sort of establishing like some of the familiar relationships between Tom Hanks and his crazy weird family. And then when they go to Meg Ryan, I thought, okay, well, maybe they're going to, co- there's some sort of payoff here, like, you know, where they're sort of commenting about the holidays or, or surrogate families or nope. something. But nope. no, it was just more just like, oh, I just want to have these actors sitting around and singing. And they weren't <laughs> even carols. singing, but they weren't even singing well. Like, it wasn't, yeah, I, yeah it was just bad yeah, so. singing for friends that, but also the friendship relationship had nothing to do with the movie. It wasn't a movie about no. those friends. So it No, if you no, not to, at all. Yeah, if you wanted to establish the bond of the friendship, okay, sure, but that didn't yeah. that didn't make a difference in this movie. Steve Z- yeah. Steve Zahn's character didn't need to exist at all. You could have had that the he or or rather like it, he didn't need to exist. The the um her assistant could have been the one that worked at uh Fox Books later. Oh, yeah. You, know I mean? you like, could combine those two characters very easily. Yeah. yeah. Um all right, so one like for me, which is Yeah. 
I did like how they really played with the idea that this whole movie is about when are they going to get together, right? Like when are they? When are you going to see them? It really builds yeah. up the tension of when they're going to you're going to see them, and they right. really it almost was like we said the pacing was a little off, and it 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 it, it almost was too long. But it reminded me of of the movie Heat, where you're just waiting. For that Ooh, scene between good comparison between right yeah. Pacino and De Niro, and that's I don't think Heat's a very good movie, frankly. But I, I oof, oof. you love Heat? Are you a big Heat? <laughs> yeah, strong, strong, yeah, strong disagree. But we're not talking about Heat here. So. Fair enough. I, I, I let me rephrase. I don't love Heat the way some people love Heat. I don't have I don't sure. have the love for it. But I say this only because I do love that. I mean, I've watched just that diner scene between Pacino yes. and De Niro a million times. Right, it's yeah. it's unbelievable, and especially with all the tension that's built into when are these Correct. two gonna get in a room together? And that's kind of what I felt like with this, in the sense that you are waiting for them to be seated opposite each each other. Finally, yeah, knowing 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 all the information. Yes, yeah. and so when they finally have that first thing, it was awesome. Like you were really waiting for it. Now, what the movie does with that to me was a little flat because they don't really it doesn't they don't they don't really get together again for a while, right? But. I, I thought that that moment and that scene was maybe one of my favorites in the movie where they're, they're, they're playing with the tension and then they finally build it up and let you have it. And yeah. the two of them do a good job with it in that scene. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a really, really apt comparison there. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else or do we want to move on to the games? No, I think I think we might have covered <laughs> covered everything about this movie. Right? Um, oh, one other thing I will say, one other like, I'm sorry, last like, is yeah, yeah, yeah. really quickly is just that as a my my mom and my grandfather uh, owned a well, it's still in the family business, but a, a decorating business that's been around forever, and they've had to mm. move around over the years as things mm -hmm. have changed. So I did relate to to your point about the emotionality of it. I, I related. I thought that was very well done. Like I thought one of the more touching scenes was when she closes the store. And she, mm. and has that memory of her mom uh, who had passed away. And, you know, again, yes. I, my mom passed away. My mom had her own business. And, you know, it's it, the business is different than when she was around. And it's not it's not a direct one to one, but just the um, I could relate to that very much. And I, and I thought that that was really that was a really that that was accurately done and, and, and emotionally mm -hmm. struck a good chord with me. I thought it was. Uh, yeah. Well, actualized to take a turn from mm -hmm. uh, from Brian. You. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's play some games. Um yeah. So this movie came out, as I mentioned, in 1998. It was a release in December. Um, mm. Oh, so a holiday movie. Nice. Yep. The yeah. budget, yeah. $65 million. Um, uh, let's see. What do you have as the box office uh, against a $65 million uh, budget? Wow. This 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 movie cost $65 million to make? I know. That's crazy. <laughs> that's I mean, doesn't that seem kind of high for this movie? I guess. Okay. So here are my suggestions as to why. One... Uh, the price of Tom Hanks, right? And then yes. whatever that well, yeah, price was, Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah Meg yeah, Ryan is yeah. that by by cut that in half because women weren't getting paid yeah, aren't yeah. getting paid fairly. But still, <laughs> like those, that's expensive. Those two, and then I wonder if it's more expensive to shoot in New York, which costs more. Oh yes, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure a lot of that is the actual yeah cost of shooting in New York. And yeah. then lastly, but... I, hey, those though they look like crap now, I wonder if it was expensive to do some of that digital stuff they did in the beginning. Yeah, that 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 like SimCity, you know, intro might have been ten million dollars at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's garbage now, but that was pretty cutting edge back then, you know. I mean, yeah. So, but yeah, I just I'm just like floored by I know. Yeah, just oh yeah, a a a a, a rom com that cost sixty five million dollars. Yeah, just anyway, <laughs> from nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like could you imagine like just not to get into too much of a tangent but like 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 you know filmmakers nowadays have a hard time getting like 50 million dollars for their like big blockbuster movies and yeah like a studio agree to 65 million dollars on a Nora Ephron you know project yeah, exactly yeah. and especially a movie where they're like so wait what are we spending our money on and there must be some sort of funny CGI or something like that no no yeah. no it's just a walkie talkie no. type movie yeah oh okay cool 65 yeah. million no problem where do we yeah. sign <laughs> yeah um yeah so I'm gonna oh so I'm like this might be the one that I'm stumped the most on as far as mm-hmm. what it must have made so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it probably made back twice the budget. So I'm gonna guess like I'm gonna guess one like one fifty five. This one is a definite uh, ding for you. Ooh. The box office, according to Wikipedia, two hundred and fifty point eight million dollars. Two fifty? Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I know. Wild, right? Wow, this is a smash hit then. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is like. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those movies that wow. I think like. It, it's it's really popular, right? But I I think it's I th- that makes sense as to why it's so popular, despite it not being like it is not a. I don't think anyone thinks. I mean, maybe some people do, but I don't think anybody watches that. That is a the one thing I don't think we talked about, which is that it is very different yeah. to watch this movie for the first time now as opposed to have grown oh, up. Oh, of course. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, I think it is a good movie overall. But like, it is more, and this will lead us right into the next thing. But I think it's it's. Uh, popularity exceeds its uh, quality. Oh, yeah. I think that's a very well well phrased way of putting it, yeah. Um, all right, so what do you got for your tomato meter? Let's start with the critics. Uh, critics. So I'm going to guess... 71 Oh, my God. I love, I love playing this game with you. 70%. Well done. Well Ooh, done. Whoa! Yes. Uh, so close. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, again, technically, Price is right. You lose. You got to go yeah, home. Yeah. But I yeah, think yeah. I think that's. I mean, that's as that's so good. Well done. Um, do you want to take a stab at the audience? Ooh, see, audience. I feel like I'm going to be worse at because I think exactly like what you said. Where I think it's a very popular movie, but I think it's it's one of those where like it really depends the you know because it really depends on like who reviewed the movie and yeah, and yeah. when they watched it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm gonna guess like I'm gonna guess. 79 audience 73 73 Ooh, so you okay. I think you're in the ballpark that yeah. one is not a that's 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 yeah. sort of like a neutral answer but yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 73 yep which kind of yeah. makes okay. sense right i mean you're 79 yeah. 73 it's the same idea that like I, I think people in general recognize that like this is a fine movie and it is, it does yeah. work with the two stars that are in it but even yeah. if you remove the dated stuff it still doesn't yeah. the mechanic, and also like yeah. this is exactly like what you said if this is like one of those movies where like if this is like your movie when like you watch this like in the prime of your childhood or your young adulthood then like you see no flaws in it and like it's this is yours you know like yes mm-hmm. um i mean i know this might be a clunky comparison but like it's kind of how i feel about independence day like <laughs> like i you know i like I, like if you argue with me that independence day is a horrible terrible dumb movie like yes, like it is, but I also watched it 
like literally when it came out at like when it was like is exactly made for me <laughs> i was gonna so, say i was gonna say space jam in that in that category yes space jam i think okay yeah i think space jam is actually probably a better comparison yeah, yeah right because <laughs> like space jam is one of those movies that when i've watched it again as an adult and i'm like whoa this movie is just an yeah. awful this is just one long commercial that's terrible right yes <laughs> but, but it, yeah it was but, made like, for us you remember yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, like you recall what it felt like, you know, being ten years old and watching Space Jam for the first time, and and that and that memory is what carries you through these rewatches. Absolutely, so yeah. I, I totally get it about like about this movie as well. Yeah, where like if it works for you, it it really works for you. So yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, uh, you want to do a letterbox? Yeah, so <laughs> a letterbox review. Um, and actually, yeah, like I couldn't tell if this was somebody who had rewatched it or like this was the, the first time I watched it. But um, so this is a, a review from Grace and it goes, uh, Tom Hanks trying to convince Meg Ryan that the Godfather is the most important element of pop culture via instant messaging <laughs> is every dating app interaction with men I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's probably the least dated element of it. It just it well, all that's changed is how the communication is happening. Yep, correct. Yeah, that yeah, is a great point. Like, they they do. I do like that they at least that that joke that they have where Greg Kinnear even even his character knows the Godfather. Yes, um, yes, yeah. That is, but again, yeah. and and this also goes back to like like I just I love Tom Hanks when he's quoting the Godfather via instant messaging and he's doing the, yes, the yeah. you know, face. And, yeah. Yep, just, uh, yep. I, I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, th th that's a great, I, I love the letterbox thing. That's so good. I need to, I need to go to that site more often, honestly, just to get some laughs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, Whew, this was a long one, but a good one. Uh, yeah, this was a fun one. <laughs> we're actually, we're going to skip next week because we're just going to do this one again, and I'm going to take the <laughs> likes, and Brian's going to get to go off on the dislikes. <laughs> we're just going to do this one part two uh, next week. No, actually, next week is My Best Friend's Wedding uh, with uh, Dermot Mulroney, and uh, who else is in that movie? Julia Roberts, obviously. Yep. Um, I actually have not seen that one. Have you? So uh, this is one of those where... Uh, I've seen enough where I like can piece the movie together. Okay. But I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and watched it front to back. Okay. So yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited to actually sit down and watch it because again, yeah, like I've I've seen this in 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 on cable in snippets, but yeah, never never in full. So. Oh, Cameron Diaz is in this movie as well. I'm sure people who are listening to this right now are like, are you don't know who's in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> This movie is available, uh, let's see, it um, doesn't appear as if it's free anywhere, but uh, it's available for uh, quick purchase on any of the platforms that you would normally get it on. Um, and uh, yeah, so that'll be next week. Uh, and that I oh, think- also, yeah, before go we Sorry, go- yeah, go ahead, yeah, what do you got? Can I just mention one thing? So uh, for the, you know, six people who are listening, um, so if, if you enjoy this movie, I, I would also recommend and I don't know if you've seen this because I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but um, I would really recommend the Amy Poehler Paul Rudd movie. I they love that came movie. together. I love that. Yes, movie. Yeah. me too. Yeah. yeah, and so it's a it's a it's a David Wayne parody. And if you know anything about David Wayne, who did Wet Hot American Summer mm -hmm. and a bunch of other stuff, but yeah. So if you're into David Wayne comedy, 
uh, they came together, Amy Poehler, Paul Rudd. It's a parody, basically, of this movie. <laughs> yeah, but then it has so. every rom-com trope in it. Yes, yeah, it's 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 a general rom-com trope, but like, like especially like it's almost like they just took this screenplay and was like, I don't think we really need to change much because it's <laughs> already a parody of itself. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a instead of it being. It's like a, they're going to put a mall in, right, where she has a candy I think store she's or something like, like that. Yeah, it's like a candy store instead of a bookstore. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and, and his his boss, I believe, is Christopher Maloney, who has an incredible scene, <laughs> a, a, a Halloween costume scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That movie's excellent. So. Yeah. That's a tough I was. I remember I actually, because I was looking up connections from You've Got Mail, to just see if I could find one more way to work plus well into this. Uh, oh, there it oh, is. I yeah. just did it right All there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, the the in doing so, I just typed in like connections to uh, uh, you've got mail, and then this came up, and I thought, oh, we should do this one in one of our episodes. But I realized you can't because it's it's all parody. The whole thing is yeah. done. Right. You know, tongue in cheek. So yeah, agreed. Exactly. That is a, a high high recommend from both of us on that one. Um, but okay, yeah. So that will take us to the end here. We uh, this was uh, you've got mail. Next week is my best friend's wedding. Uh, for Brian, you, I am Scott Spinelli. Saying thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.